BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're just an extra in his movie that's all about his life. That was your role. That's what you signed up for. You were last, you were never first. So until you learn your value and decide to be the main character of your life, not someone else's life, until then, honey, you're going to keep meeting the same dudes over and over and over again. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for, but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hey besties and welcome to a brand new Almost Adulting, the largest self-love podcast and movement. It is your number one destination for personal growth and mental health. I am your big sister, Violetta. Let's get started. Okay, so before we start, this is your reminder to hit subscribe whether you are on Spotify or Apple or watching Almost Adulting on YouTube. That is right. I forget to mention this, but I am on YouTube. So go subscribe right now and hit that subscribe and notification button so you never miss an episode. We are currently moving into more solo episodes after this month. This month is all about sex education and just a very much more chill month after we had love month in February. And because I'm giving you more of a chill month and having so many guests this month, that's why I want to focus at least on my Tuesday episodes, specifically with Benson Knows Best. I'm going to try to make them still about self-love and growth, regardless of this month being more chill. Okay? And after this month, moving forward, you guys have been asking for this, so I'm going to give this to you. We are moving into more solo episodes. So today, I picked my three favorite questions to answer on Benson Knows Best. I do want to start to have you guys call in live and talk to me with the question, the situation that you have going on while I answer for you in real time on my Benson Knows Best episodes. It's so exciting because I'll get to connect with you guys and you guys will be able to ask me live your exact situation and I will be able to give you the advice that you need to hear from me. I want to figure out how to do this. So hopefully by the next Benson Knows Best episode, you will hear some callers. I'm excited for that. So if right now you are listening to this and you have some situation or a question that you're dying to ask me, and you want to be featured anonymously or saying your name on the next episode, then make sure to DM me while you're listening right now or after this episode on Almost Adulting Podcast and describe your situation and question briefly so then we can set it up and have you call in. This is for anyone in the United States and outside. The number I will give you is toll free, okay? So I'm really excited for that. All right. Last week during my therapy session, my therapist said something that really made me open my eyes. And it was because I was discussing a situation that happened to me last week. And 
he tried to show his concern and show that he cared and i kind of brushed it off and i was like oh it's not a big deal don't worry about it but it was a big deal so basically last week i decided to fly into new york for just a day to record my podcast swaps and to do some social media stuff for betches the meme account and the social media platform and all that so i did recorded some stuff for betches and i did a podcast with them then they did my podcast and i met up with hannah burner i did her podcast she recorded mine and then i flew back home that same day even though i managed to schedule everything back to back i forgot to schedule in my time to eat and to even drink water and for those who say wow i can never forget to eat then you haven't taken adderall when you take adderall for as long as i have the last couple of years you have to make it a conscious reminder to yourself to eat especially if you're really busy because you'll forget and it's nothing cool about it it's not good for you and your body will get weak and if you're not eating or drinking also an adderall you get dehydrated faster and it gives you headaches especially someone like me who has migraines or me having already a low immune system as it is it can make me sicker faster it's, it's a whole thing so it's you have to be very conscious of what's going inside your body, especially when you're busy. Unfortunately, everything was so back to back and I was just trying to make everything work and I didn't have a chance to really eat and I didn't really sleep well on the plane. So I finished recording everything I needed to record and I was rushing back to the airport to make it to my flight. I literally almost missed my flight. I'm so thankful that the security guards or the employees working at the airport were nice enough to help me cut all the lines through security like god bless these people so they helped me cut in line through security because i was 20 minutes away from missing my flight and i was like five to six minutes away from the gate closing on me so when i got through security i was with my small little luggage and i had to sprint to my gate and of course with my luck my gate was all the way at the end of the airport so i sprinted there so fast i didn't eat that day i'm so dehydrated without realizing and i'm so out of shape i mean the, i worked out finally for the first time two weeks ago you know i'm not ready to be in the olympics not just yet so i sprinted as fast as i could and i got to my plane and i was just so out of breath i was just breathing like this <sighs> And I was trying to calm myself down, but I couldn't. And I just started to feel super, super nauseous. So I had to kind of sit down for a second. Like at first, when I walked to the plane, there was still somewhat of a line, but barely. So I had to kind of sit on the floor for a second because I couldn't even stand in the line because I felt so nauseous. And then I finally got to my seat. I couldn't stop coughing because I felt like I was choking. And coughing right now on a plane or in general is a scary thing because people will look at you and they'll assume that you have covid and it makes people uncomfortable god forbid i don't want to make anyone uncomfortable so then i'm holding in my cough even though i'm dying and then i was sweating i started to get overheated so i needed to take off some of the clothes because i was wearing so many layers so i walked into the bathroom to remove half of my clothes and then so i can cough in the bathroom i was so nauseous and then when i went back to my seat I still felt like something was wrong because I couldn't really breathe well. And something like this has happened to me a couple of years ago. And I wasn't sure if it was the same thing. So I was hoping it wasn't. And what happened to me a couple of years ago is that you get an allergy attack from being dehydrated from running. But it's really from being dehydrated. So it's an allergy from running. Yeah. You literally could be allergic to running. It's a thing. It stems more from dehydration. And that's what I was experiencing. And Adderall intensifies being dehydrated. 
So when you get this allergy attack from running, it's basically uh, asthma-induced allergy. So it starts to block your airways. So for whatever reason, I stopped carrying my EpiPen because at one point I just stopped getting allergy attacks. So I didn't think I needed it. But for whatever reason, this time I had my EpiPen in my backpack and thank God I did. I started to feel like my airways were closing up and I didn't want to make it a big deal. And now when I was trying to cough because some annoying, this elderly lady just kept looking at me with her eyes and then I felt embarrassed to cough. So I started coughing into my leggings in order not to make a noise, but I was still really flushed and trying not to cough made me want to cough more. And I kept feeling my airways, just something was wrong. I was trying to relax, but it was hard. So I decided to do some breathing exercises. So when I was doing the breathing exercises to kind of calm myself down because that would help. And I was holding one hand on my chest, one hand on my belly. The flight attendant walked by and she obviously started to feel concerned. She said, what's wrong? And I said, I'm fine. I just, I'm having a minor little asthma attack, but it's going to go away if I do breathing exercises. Don't worry about me. And she said, what? Do you want to get off the plane? And I said, no, please. (laughs) I did everything I could to get on the plane. I don't need to get off the plane. She said, "This is if this is serious, you have to get off before we take off. And I said, I promise you, I don't think it's anything serious. I just need to do my breathing exercise and I'll be fine. They run me some ice. I kept doing my breathing exercises, struggling to breathe, trying not to cough. And it wasn't fully going away. And at that point, I had an idea that I may be having an allergy attack. My airways are closing on me, but I tried to stay calm because I didn't want to stress anyone out around me, especially not the flight attendants, because I'm sure they were having a really long day. And the last thing I want to do is on their shift, be the annoying person that's going to die on them. Like, <laughs> you know, as a people pleaser for my whole life, God forbid I do that to someone else, die on their watch. So I took out my EpiPen and when I took out my EpiPen, One of the flight attendants saw me holding it. And the minute that happened, it was like a whole thing. And I had to sign some forms. They informed me that they have to let inform the pilot know that I'm going to potentially use the EpiPen because if something worse happens to me, they're going to have to land the plane. And the pilot now needs to be notified of it so he can figure out exactly where he would need to land the plane in case I go through some episode or anything like that and then the flight attendant was really upset with me and explained to me that she won't be able to take care of me if something bad happens and I was like okay I swear I'm fine oh my fucking god anyway long story short my airways my airways kept closing I was doing my best to keep quiet to myself so no one will notice but I knew that I would feel better once I sucked that pen in my leg so I did that I sucked that pen in my leg and it's honestly mind-blowing to me how EpiPens work. The fact that me shooting something in my thigh helps me breathe better within five to 10 seconds is insane to me. Literally within five to 10 seconds of shooting the EpiPen into my 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 thigh, I was like, <gasps> and I felt like I could breathe again. It was insane. I had some food and then I took a nap and I fell asleep and I slept through the whole flight because I was so scared of the flight attendants coming up to me one more time and asking me if I'm okay, if I need anything, because it was just stressing them out, which stressed me out. And then when I got off the plane, I went home, I threw up because it's one of the side effects from that. You can get panic attacks, your leg can go numb, you may get nauseous, you may throw up, whatever it is, it was just a stressful flight and I threw up. And the next day I was just so drained and 
was feeling kind of down and yeah, it was weird. But when I finally talked to my therapist about it and I told him that this happened to me, it's not a big deal, let's move on. He was like, hey, I just want to acknowledge, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That must have been so terrible. I'm so glad that you're okay. I'm so glad that you're safe. And I'm so glad that you had the EpiPen on you. And I kid you not, I felt so uncomfortable when he was saying all these things. And, I, and my face changed. I was acting like I'm disgusted. And I was like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Let's move on. And he wanted to address that. And then he said something that I thought was really helpful. He basically said how clearly throughout my life, starting with my childhood, I've developed a way to shield myself and protect myself by kind of masking things and putting things on the side. That, that is how I'm able to go through traumatic events or things that can stress me out by just pushing my emotions to the side. That's how I'm able to survive. And he said that, unfortunately, it's not always the best, as great as it is to survive these moments and to be able to get through these moments easier by not stressing out in that moment. He said how important fear is because we need fear during danger because that's when it tells us that there's something wrong that's when it's something's very helpful for us and i agree because i tried to put this to the side when all the stuff happened to me on the plane with me needing an epipen i was like oh it's fine don't worry about it instead of just acknowledging that there was a dangerous moment that happened to me had i acknowledged my fear that i could have died i could have then acknowledged the fact that i wasn't taking care of my body so because I wasn't taking care of my body, that put me in a significant danger, not just myself, but the people working on the plane and the people around me. I wasn't thinking that it was a big deal and I put everyone else around me in danger. And worst of all, I could have died. And me pretending like it's okay is silly because then I'm not paying attention to myself and my body what my body needs for me, which is water and food. Because like someone said in the past, if you don't take breaks for yourself and do what you need to do for your body to be healthy, then your body will take breaks for you and it's going to be at the most inconvenient times. So that was a good lesson for me to not pretend like things are always okay and instead to kind of dive into when something stressful or bad happens, why did this happen and how can I make sure this doesn't happen again? So lesson learned. Remember to eat, remember to drink water, remember to sleep, remember to take care of myself because work does not come first. My health and my body and my mental health as well comes first. Because if I don't put that first, then I won't be able to work and I won't be able to generate content or help anyone out there if I'm not helping myself. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Moving on, I want to dive into the three beautiful questions that you guys reached out and asked me. I picked a few. So let's start with Matt. Matt reached out and he asked me, Violetta, is it wrong to be clingy? Well, Matt, let me tell you. I believe that it's actually the lack of clinginess that can be a problem these days. People, I think, rush into labeling someone as clingy, especially people who are avoidant or people that are just not that into you. They use these terms to kind of gaslight you that you're doing something wrong. And I think in this culture these days, especially after the pandemic, we've become increasingly more avoidant and paranoid and anxious where we are now discouraging people from getting into relationships for quote-unquote the wrong reasons, as in it's wrong for you to need love and affection. Instead, we focus on encouraging people to be more independent over being dependent on others. We shame codependency. And I don't think that's always right. I don't think it's right to shame anyone for what works for them, honestly. The reality is that any relationship in order to flourish and evolve and have a deeper type of intimacy requires that both people cling to each other. So I say there's no such thing as clingingness. Change your perspective and understand the fact that you need to be clingy in a relationship in a way that works for both of you. So make sure you really listen to my words. Both people need to cling to one another. So when it's only just one person this is not for you. This advice is not for you. If it's just you clinging to someone, that's not going to work out. Both people need to cling to one another to have a solid relationship because I'm trying to tell you that you are not too much if you are clingy or needy or whatever other terms the other person is saying to you or the other person is making you feel. You're not too much, but you are with the wrong person because it requires that both people communicate with one another often about their needs and and their wants and their boundaries. It requires that both people spend time together often, communicate often. And when obviously it's a sexual romantic relationship that it requires physical connection, including affection and sex and non-sexual acts often. All relationships require consistency, communication, caring about each other's feelings, being there for one another. That is clinginess. So please don't stop clinging to people that you love. If you like them, if you want to see them more often, if you want to talk to them more often, that is how relationships start. Not from some silly chase or games, not from this widely uncomfortable imbalance. If you feel an imbalance with the person you're dating, if you feel like you're being clingy or needy, then that means that they're not into you. And guess what? That's okay. But as long as both people are communicating, both people are clingy, I'm telling you, it's okay to be clingy. So put in the effort. Cling, it is part of intimacy. To cling, to hold on to, it's part of love. But again, it has to be a two-way street do not cling if they are not reciprocating. If they're asking for space, listen. If they're showing with their actions that they want space by not being as responsive, listen. If they're saying, you are too much, your attention is too much, then you gotta give people the same energy that they're giving to you. So I'm telling you right now, you are not too much. 
You're not too needy. You're not too clingy. You're just wasting your energy on the wrong person because you will never be too much for the right person. I hope that helps, Matt. Let's see what my next question is. Okay, we have Mercedes. Mercedes said, Hi, Violetta. I have been in a situationship for about three months now, and I don't know what to do. I keep holding on to things, hoping they will change, but I know that deep down, they won't. I sometimes wonder if my standards are just too high, and maybe I just need to enjoy the ride for now instead of just getting my head too much. I mean, he is really nice to me, and he responds to my texts, and we cuddle, and we even do stuff that a boyfriend would do with you. So it's not like he treats me like shit or anything. We just don't have the title. And honestly, I've seen some of my friends who have boyfriends where they get treated way shittier than the way I get treated. So I don't know. It kind of makes me feel lucky. At least I have what I have. What do you think? (laughs) Well, Mercedes, it sounds like you're in denial. (laughs) It sounds like you're in denial about what you want deep down inside. And it seems that you first asked me what you were really thinking. And then when you continued your question, it just sounded like you started to make excuses to make yourself feel better, to justify why you're sticking around. By the way, your friends who are dating shitty dudes does not mean that just because your dude is a little less shittier that he's better or that you should stick around. Maybe you and your friends are all just dating shitty dudes and you should all leave. Okay? I know you reached out because you were hoping I'll make you feel better. So I don't know if you really want me to answer this or you just want me to help validate your feelings that you should stick around and have fun. But let me tell you, you're not going to like my answer right now, but I will be honest. And then the rest is up to you to decide what you want to do. But based on your question, the way you asked me, it sounds like you want deep down more than just a situationship. It sounds to me like when your friend does things that make you feel like a boyfriend, you really enjoy it. And at this point, you're sticking around because you feel like this is better than just having nothing. And I disagree. Listen, Mercedes, receiving respect and treatment that you deserve and being valued for more than your looks, for more than your vagina, and someone respecting your time by doing what they say and remaining loyal to you and giving you a title is not the goal of a relationship, but a starting point. It's the bare fucking minimum. So baby, this is your sign from the universe and from Violetta from Benson University to dump him, okay? Do not linger on potential. Do not linger on words with no actions and do not linger on inconsistency. And definitely do not linger just because your friends have even lower standards than you do. We are done with half-ass apologies or the bare minimum just because you want to be loved. Your value does not decrease just because someone cannot see how amazing you are, but it does increase when you choose yourself and you choose to walk away. Your words and your actions need to start aligning. So that means if you believe that you are a prize, if you believe that you're worthy of love and respect, then you need to start acting like this person that you claim to be. So tell me this, Mercedes, would this self-respected person who you believe is worthy of love would sit around waiting on someone to act right? I think the fuck not. So that is your answer, Mercedes. Dump him and raise your standards. 
And if you can't figure out how to raise your standards, then it has to start within you. You have to learn first how to love yourself. And then you'll realize that you deserve more. And you have to start being honest with yourself. If you want a relationship, then start acting like it. Okay, the last question that we have, which I saved the best for last. Chelsea asked me, what do you do when he ghosts you only to come back? How do I play this? What do you mean, how do you play it? Play what? Is it some video game you're playing? Is it some instrument? Because to me, it seems like the only instrument that's currently being played is your heart, you silly goose, okay? I'm not here to shame you or your choices, by the way, because I get it. The ego plays a big role here. When someone makes us feel like they don't want us, or when someone leaves, whether or not we even like them in the first place. So first, let me tell you a little story. Imagine this. You meet someone and you guys just click. Next thing you know, you are his number one cheerleader and nothing can go wrong except that something does, okay? Because this dude that you just met, that you already became his cheerleader, he's realizing, wow, she loves me so much. She's literally like my little fan, like my number one fan. And her attention is making me feel so good about myself. But you know what? Now I'm wondering... Can I get more attention? I mean, if I could get her, who else could I get at this point? I mean, if she thinks I'm so great, then maybe I could do better. I mean, she's kind of like not all that, especially if I'm a 10 out of 10 rock star. So then this dude takes all the attention you've given him and he ghosts you because your attention made him realize that he must be a 10 out of 10 compared to him. You're just like, not all that. So who else could he get? So then this dude goes on a mission to meet new girls that can give him more attention to inflate his ego. And then during this time of him ghosting you, he's dating other chicks. He's getting his dick sucked. He's fucking other girls. And then he gets knocked down a few little times. He gets rejected. He gets bored. And now his ego needs feeding again. These girls we're not looking at him like he's the rock star that he is or the rock star that he, you made him feel like he was. So he's kind of starting to think like, damn, I miss how this girl made me feel. And by the way, did you hear me? I miss how this girl made me feel, not I miss her. I miss how this girl made me feel. So that's when he comes back to you. So not because he finally realized your worth or that you're the one, but because you made him feel good and he needs a little pick me up again. So it's really about him and his ego. It's not about you or how special you are, or how amazing you are, because deep down, did he even ask anything about you ever? Does he actually remember anything about you? Or did he just like how much you stroked his ego? Because babe, if you were right for him, if you were the right one, he wouldn't have left. So now, after I told you this little story, I asked you this. When he comes back to you, how are you going to play this? Are you going to thank him? for picking you last, for making you his for now choice until something new and shiny comes his way again, that extra in his movie that's all about his life. Because if that's you and that's the role that you want to play, then be honest with yourself and accept that role. Go for it. But then you got to be realistic and you got to understand that this is the role that you're playing down to the line. So then when he ghosts you, which he will, when he'll ghost you again, because the best way to predict 
someone's future actions is to look at their past actions. So when he will ghost you again, you played this role. So you cannot then act shocked. Don't be surprised when he doesn't call you. Don't be surprised and then start calling me and asking me, oh, V, why? You know why. You're just an extra. That was your role. That's what you signed up for. You were last. You were never first. You know why. So until you learn your value and decide to be the main character of your life, not someone else's life. So until then, honey, you're going to keep meeting the same dudes over and over and over again. Okay. I just wouldn't play this game because I'm nobody's second option. I wouldn't sit there trying to figure out where this dude went to. I wouldn't sit there and write some long ass paragraph on how much this dude hurt me when he left because he does not deserve my essays. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that in my notes. I wouldn't try to play games. I wouldn't try to prove to him how amazing I am because clearly he doesn't realize it or know or gives a shit. I would just be thankful that he left when he left because I'm nobody's second option. And if I really wanted to show him my worth, it wouldn't be with games or my words. It would be with action. And the action is doing nothing because it's not about him or proving shit to this guy. Understand that when someone normally ghosts you, it's because, sure, they may think you're great, but you're just not for them. Whether they're going through something, it doesn't matter. You can make all the excuses in the world. Like, okay, they got drafted in the army and they're fighting some imaginary war. And even though they have time to add a bunch of girls on Instagram and talk to 75 other girls, they just don't have time to text you back. <laughs> you know, make all the excuses that you want. But at the end of the day, you don't know what's going on through their head. All you know is that they're not reciprocating your energy and it's because they're not that into you. And that's okay. But believe them the first time when they leave. So what I would do is I wouldn't entertain it a second time. Because you know what? It's boring. It's fucking boring. I'm bored with this shit. I've already seen this movie with us. And it didn't work out. Before you go to me, it didn't work out. Okay? Because... You go to me. So why are you back? I'm bored with this and I'm bored with you. You're boring. You're so boring. You couldn't even entertain me. So that's why you went silent. You're so boring. You couldn't keep up with my energy. The most interesting thing about you when we dated was me. So I'm bored with this. Okay. Goodbye. That's how you change your perspective. It's not about proving your worth or playing games because he finally came back. It's about, it's about you. Like, duh, of course he came back. You're forking amazing. You need an ego stroke. So here, enjoy the ego stroke. He came back. But sorry, after that, who cares? You're too boring for me. I cannot be bothered with this right now. I got a thousand more interesting things to do, like take 75 pictures of my cat doing the most basic thing ever, like just existing. Use him finally reaching out to you as a stroke of your ego on how the tables have turned. Because now, guess who's your number one fan? This guy. And baby, you cannot date your fans, okay? So girly, go find someone on your level. Period. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed today's Benson Knows Best episode. We covered everything from ghosting to being clingy to being in a situationship and wanting more to 
acknowledging your fear and acknowledging your body and taking a break before your body will do it for you. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe, whether it's on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube. And remember to leave me a five-star review on the Apple podcast. I will appreciate it a million times. I read all the reviews and it always obviously really helps my podcast. And lastly, don't forget, if you want to be featured on the next Benson Knows Best episode and you want to call in and have a live conversation with me, then DM me your situation and we will figure out how you can call me. I love you, besties. Have a beautiful rest of your week. And don't forget, you're amazing. Your self-love, your self-healing journey starts today. You got this. Mwah.